Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Kid Like Faith. On today's episode, myself and Alicia are here to dig through another Marvel movie that you probably may have watched. It's the movie Ant-Man. I cannot wait to get into this movie with you. We're ready and we definitely hope you're ready. Let's start the show. Um, hey y'all, glad we're here. Um, we got a movie to talk about today, and um, it's not a, I guess it's not a popular Marvel movie. All right, so Ant Man is the movie that we're doing today. Not necessarily one of the most uh, publicized or talked about Marvel movies. House and ever found a lot of fake gems here. And Alicia is here to be challenged with me, kid like with me, and <laughs> and to dig them up. Alicia, how are you doing today? I'm well, Lena. How are you? I'm amazical. Um, that is amazing, wonderful, and magical all at the same time. Um, so I'm going to start as we always do with saying this very, very clear uh, disclaimer. Person, woman or man of God who is listening, if you have not watched the Ant-Man, not the Ant-Man, but Ant-Man, the movie that we are talking about today, please pause right now, go to Disney Plus, click the Marvel tab and watch Ant-Man. And when you are done, you can resume and hear our lovely commentary because if you are still here we are going to assume you have watched the movie we are not going to necessarily go in order I'm going to try to but there's so much here <laughs> so we're just going to get in where we fit in let's get it going alright um, so I want to talk about the, the beginning scene before the Marvel credits come up um, and that is in 1989 say flashback to um, when Dr. Pym, Dr. Hank Pym, uh, goes before the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the original team of Agent S.H.I.E.L.D. members, um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., sorry. And um, he finds out that they are trying to duplicate what he calls the Pym Particle, which is his formula, his all of his research concerning shrinking. Uh, and Stark tells him don't let your past determine the future. Now, of course, they don't tell us what the past is, but because Hank is so serious about not letting this get out, um, he resigns, he punches somebody <laughs> because they made a off comment about his wife um, and about protecting his wife. And then the last thing he says is, as long as I'm alive, no one will get this formula. And what we don't know about his technology is that he has spent time perfecting it and not just perfecting the knowledge of it, but the experiment, experimental part of it. Like he literally not only just researched how-tos, but he actually did a lot of experimentation of 
growing and shrinking and wearing his own Ant-Man suit. Um, I think sometimes um, the most, I guess you can say, the most annoying thing for a creator is to have someone try to replicate something that you originated. It is annoying for many reasons, but mostly because it's like, not only were you trying to duplicate what I did, but you were trying to do it without me. <laughs> you, were you were trying to do it because you knew I wouldn't give you the permission to use what belongs to me. And so unfortunately, there are some people that uh, instead of, you know, going, I guess you could say the right way of doing things is for trying to engage the creator, they will find themselves copying other people that are successful. But as long as you duplicate, you will never, ever, ever get it quite right. We, we, we figured that out from um, Cross later on as he's trying to duplicate something that Pim did, try to duplicate a different suit. It's not going to ever be like the original creation because while you may try to do your best to emulate them, you are not them. <laughs> you can take their knowledge, but you cannot take their authenticity. You cannot take... Um, and, and this goes for not only mimicking what people produce, but it also goes with mimicking who people are. Because what he was trying to create or what Darren was trying to create um, was another suit. He was trying to be another version of Ant-Man, right? A yellow jacket. He was trying to create something similar so that he could have the power, but never decided to, well, he, he couldn't get the blessing of the originator. I'll say it that way. Um, I want to talk a little bit about why, Alethea, why do you think people are so apt to just go and duplicate things instead of waiting for their own genius? Like, instead of, <laughs> instead of finding their niche and staying in their lane, they would rather just hop in someone else's and drive it. Look at this face. I can't. Now, Nina, are we talking about Marvel or the natural too? We talking about all of it, okay? okay. So I'm so sick and tired of Marvel and these people trying. To, first of all, I'm tired of Hydra. That's the first thing. I'm so tired of hearing about Hydra. I killed one, two more, bro. I'm so tired of that. I ain't got the little thing in my head. You gonna kill one, two more, girl. Like, come on, y'all. And I'm tired of the bad people getting trying to copy this stuff and then amplifying what it is internally. Now, to the natural point. Um, I really don't know why people do it. Maybe they feel as if that, I know for me, not for just me, but what I've observed personally, is that some people oftentimes see that it's something that they could have done or should have been doing and then somebody else comes around and they do it with a different grace or they're doing it at a different speed and instead of trying to partner with them and work with them they rather like you said jump in the same lane and try to be a counterfeit of the original and it really not and but it typically fails yeah because yeah. of their and their intentions are not pure. Um, I tell that to a lot of business owners. Like everybody is not meant to be an entrepreneur. Some of us are meant to work nine to five for a little while longer. Um, right. Everybody doesn't need to leave their job, or maybe it's okay for you to have a nine to five and a job on the other side because you haven't quite developed the concept of why you are truly an entrepreneur or why it is so important for you to be balanced both personally and business as well so yeah that's where i see it from i agree wholeheartedly one of the most annoying things as a spokesman for the lord i'll say it that way is that when you see someone <laughs> rising in their own difference everybody latches on to the difference for that moment until there's another difference um, so for instance, 
Um, let's let's just pick a random person, TD Jakes. Um, TD Jakes, you know, from a small town, he is now literally overseeing many different churches and pastors and people, and not in just the United States, but in Africa and other countries, you know, doing things in the kingdom to build it. And instead of someone saying, wow, I have a grace for education. Let me just go ahead and build something that, you know, will affect those that I'm around. No, they feel like they have to be the next of what already is. So they try to become JT Jakes or JT Dakes uh, (laughs) or whatever version they believe they should be instead of just being themselves, instead of just saying, okay, I have a nick for that. And it, it looks like that. So for me, I like movies. I like creating movies and I'm also a spokesman for the Lord. But it doesn't mean that I have to um, run a church like T.D. Jakes does because he is both a writer and a preacher. It does mean that I need to use all of the gifts I have and use them as me so that the lane that is carved out for me is filled and the lane that is carved out for T.D. Jakes remains to him because no one if as long as I'm trying to be uh let's and, and let's pick a woman as long as I'm trying to be Sarah Jakes Roberts I will always be second place understood there is only one Sarah Jakes Roberts there's only one uh Susie Owens. There's only one uh, Jackie McCullough. Uh, there's on, and there was only one. Uh, I don't know Vashti. So if you're trying to be those things, <laughs> if you're trying to be those things, you will always be second place. Trying to be those people. They are all those roles are already filled. Find your own. It's okay. Okay, I'm back. It, those roles are already filled. Those spaces are already filled. Those names are already accounted for. And you don't want to be the person. This is the most heartbreaking visual I can pull up in my heart and in my eyes. Um, the heartbreaking visual is to, to spend my life being those people and then get before God and he says, I never knew you. And he has to because I became them and I never became me. He doesn't recognize the me that I became that was them. He doesn't He doesn't recognize the number two Sarah Jakes, but he recognizes the number one Jim. Understood. He doesn't, he doesn't recognize uh, Micaiah number two. He, re- he recognizes somebody who is trying to be themselves, not trying to pattern their life after Micaiah Nicole Jones, who is different. <laughs> and it's called to a lane of her own. Alicia, called to a lane of her, her own. Even though she works with many different people, it doesn't mean that just because she's partnered with many different people that her life has to be a mirror of them. Make sense? I'm, I'm going to do it and I'm going to do it. And I want you to work with more people. Huh? Hallelujah. Glory to you. <laughs> Don't tell my business. Anyway, but yeah, so I, I, another, like we have so many different, like even, even Alicia and I, we love, like we both love kid-like stuff and we connect in, in our kid-like faith, headspace. But when it comes to being Alicia, I can't. I, I can't. I can't do it. Because I'm called to be me. Called mm-hmm. to be I'm going to pull out a random song or two. And it's going to be what it is. And and I have mastered... <laughs> I have mastered acknowledging the beauty of my difference. So that mm-hmm. I will never be fooled into becoming the nightmare of someone else's existence. Because it literally is a nightmare when you try to pretend. That it is. Woo! All right. <laughs> Leave it alone. All right. Let's go on to the next point. Because <laughs> we just in the big. My God. All right. 
Um, so speaking of uh, you know, that difference, we've got fresh out of prison, <laughs> literally a few seconds out of prison, we've got a man named Scott who is literally as he walks out of prison, his old roommate is waiting for him, picks him up, takes him to a house, and thinks he's about to introduce him to some people in order to get the next job done. But the truth is that Scott has decided that he's not going back to a life of crime. He's not going back to um, criminal activity. And the main reason for it is because he has a daughter he has to live for. He has a daughter he has to adjust um, for, and literally. Um, so he he's like, I'm gonna be fine. I got a master's in electric, electrical engineering. I'm gonna be fine. House and ever. He realizes quickly that that means nothing on the outside for an ex-con. Because while um, while when you are in Christ, you are a new creation and old things do pass away, there are sometimes consequences for the actions that we made. And the consequence, unfortunately, of being uh, out of the prison system is that there are very limited resources as far as work. And so yeah. he decides not to tell them that he's ex gone, works at, you know, uh, Baskin Robbins, gets found out and gets fired. <laughs> like, like literally, it's like, I'll be okay, Baskin Robbins. Okay, now you're fired. Wait a minute, what? 25 seconds did you have a job and now lose a job? It's because he wasn't, uh, he, he actually wasn't truthful about his past. And because he wasn't truthful about his past, he couldn't stay in the place that he had created for himself, right? The, the place um, that he had set up. So yeah. because of that, um, <laughs> they go after this whole craziness. Um, or let me go back a little bit. When he's at the house and he's talking to... Um, it's Sully. Yeah, it's Sel Sel Selly and the other guys, Dave and um, I can't think of the other one's name. Uh, you talking about um, homeboy that was good with technology? Yes, the team. The team. I'm gonna call him the team because that's what oh. they became. Uh, when he was yeah. talking to the team before they became the team, um, he was. They were talking about his robbery job. Now I was assuming that when he came out for robbery that it was like, because he had just like stuck up some old lady, right? Like that, I don't know why I was thinking that, cause it's not really given that, but that was just, <laughs> that's normally what assumptions do, right? Just literally assuming that robbing meant robbing someone and using force. And he said, I'm not a robber, I'm a cat burglar. But he was a cold cat burglar. Oh, okay. But he was a nice cat burglar too, though. I was about to say he was more Robin Hood than he was anything else. What, what they uh, what they call it? Um, make sure you cut it out if I say the word wrong. Okay. <laughs> I was gonna call him Evangelist. Vigilante. 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 It's all right. Y'all need to laugh like we did anyway. Keep it in there. Right. It, <laughs> He literally was like steal from the rich to give to the poor because the company that he stole from was being dishonest and so because he was a whistleblower that got fired he had the security system was like about this give y'all y'all money back and and to us it's like oh he was trying to make good on their wrong but to the system he's a criminal and yeah. so yeah, so he had to he had to um, literally spend time in prison, re reevaluating and refocusing. But the problem is, is that when you get frustrated enough, mm -hmm. there is always an opportunity to go back when you've decided to go right, to go left, and when you decide to go right or go wrong. Yeah. It definitely is. It definitely is. All right. So, um, yeah. So he 
that that little those little things plus the daughter's birthday party when he goes in and he's not welcome technically because he has not paid child support <laughs> for you know when he just lost his job all of these things kind of compounded on him and it's literally like oh my gosh what am I going to do they're saying his uh, his child's mother says, be the person that she already thinks you are. And he's like, well, how could I do that? Like, and I think sometimes out of just frustration, you can try make desperate decisions that are more detrimental than they are anything else. Definitely. And I think sometimes like we, um, we don't stop. And, and if he had a moment to just stop, and think and literally think about the consequences of getting caught what yeah. ran up in a you know ran up and asked for that job but because he was tired he was just tired of you know being on the outside he see the, the information the about how he can what'd you say I said on the outside how they be like on the inside? <laughs> <laughs> he tired. He tired of being on the outside. Hi. I'm just That's hilarious. Uh-oh. Because literally, you get everybody gets tired of being on the outs. You yeah. can have one bad day with Damn. 95 bad things in it, baby. It'll make you rethink everything. Like, am I doing? What am I doing, Lord? Am I? Am I? Am I gonna fix it? Do I need to repent? What? Man. What's happening? Why? Why do you repent? What happened? But it could be that you're Job and you didn't do anything wrong. You're just dealing with life. This is true. So. What he gets to redeem himself? Okay, because that, that ties right back inside of into ministry. Before right back into, get there though. Okay, go ahead. Go. Cross. Okay. Cross. We're introduced to Cross, and he introduces us to his tech, the Yellow Jacket, which we talked about is like a carbon copy of um. <laughs> of uh, what Pim has already created and his daughter Pim's daughter Hope um, is now what we what we see she's working with Cross but really she's a double agent um, yeah. trying to make sure that her father's technology doesn't get um, taken and, and worked with and moved forward because she knows it's not necessarily the most safest uh, thing to be in the earth right um, yeah but the one part that I saw is that while he was telling, when he introduces, Cross introduces the yellow jacket and he tells uh, all of the information about, you know, the shrinking suit being buried. Tim says, I buried it for a reason. Like, why are you going and searching out these things that I told you? I've already told you not to deal with. I've already told you it's not, you know, not something worth uh, researching. Because he, he was curious. What you say? He was curious. Curiosity kills the cat. And it kills the world, apparently, because he almost killed everybody messing around yeah. with curiosity. But Cross doesn't care about the reason. He just wants the power that comes from the technology or having the technology. And um, while you know all of these things are happening, I, I am in my heart was a little nervous for Frank with good reason because the next scene after Scott goes to the birthday party, Cross kills Frank with the technology. Like literally just zap, yo. Like he know it doesn't work. <laughs> he know it is it is uh more harmful than it is anything else. And yeah. he literally zapped him with a bad ray and this thing he turns into like this little speck. He turns into flesh. Of of nothing like just nothingness like it was just like that was so disturbing. Hey, what Frank do other than oppose you? And you flushed that man in the toilet. You couldn't even get him a, a proper burial. 
uh, the skin flesh that was left, he's gonna put it yeah. in. Yeah. He could have get. He could have, you know, burned it and get did him a little, gave him his ashes and sprinkle him, sprinkle him out or something. It's so, because it ain't but so big. So the ashes are literally like this. Like it's it's not. Before. It's for like when he's carrying his glory, he's just gonna be that little. But that would mean he cared, and he didn't care. Cross did not care. He was wiped him off with that paper towel. He didn't care about people. He cared about the tech. He cared he about the power. He did it two times. He did, and, and, and tried on the lamb because the that little man had that little lamb. lamb. Ooh, man had that little lamb, and that fleece was white as snow, and it came walking in there, and then got that that little lamb of Mary's had got that. He didn't even go everywhere Mary went, okay? Because he got that as experiment number 5C, 35C. Yep, and he was like, what did he say? Experiment 35C shows up negative? Yep. He did not care. That She was like, I thought we were testing it on mouse, mice like that. That that we don't have problems getting rid of them. Not just killing whole lambs. Like, what is happening? Silence of the lambs? Like, what is it was so he he literally did not care anymore about anything or anyone just getting what he thought he deserved which is the power from having the the technician or having the technology sorry but a moment of criminal activity actually opens up to be a moment of redemption for Scott so, ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> so, what'd you write down, Miss uh, Alicia? So, they have to tell you that. But listen, I'm screaming. So, I tied it into ministry. Mm-hmm. How sometimes we are so broken, like we're like, I mess up or something like that, and we feel like I can't turn back because I've messed up too bad. And they, even in his brokenness, help still came or a sense of you turning back to a leader or to that wise counsel and I want people to understand not just in in ministry but people who haven't made the best decisions growing up in life or something like that when you're given a second chance you're given time to redeem yourself take it and make it really count because you don't hear people talking about I got a third or fourth or fifth try unless they're really close with the Lord or something like that you hear like you know the church growing folks say that but everybody else they don't. And society, that was a nice correlation with the Ant-Man and society today, they don't get a second chance. They get like second chance programs, you still labeled, you still can only do so much, you still either get, you're going to work at an Amazon or, or you're going to go to CDL school or something like that. Don't nobody really want you being a heart specialist or, or a chiropractor or something like that. They, you know, you come, you, society limits you basically. But I want to talk about why it ended up that he even got caught. Because if he had never picked up the suit and just walked out of the house when he found out that there were no jewels and no money in that little safe that he done broke. I mean, just broke it. Okay, broke everything all the way down. If he had never decided to put on the suit and try it on, to figure out why it was so special that it had to be locked away. He would have never had the experience of shrinking. He would have never had the experience of the water and hearing Hank inside his head. He was always being watched, mm-hmm. but had he not picked up the suit, he would have never known someone was watching. But that's some of us today though. He found value in what was one, not his, <laughs> but two, in what was reserved, what was put aside. And when he, when everybody else would have said, oh, there's no money in here. Let's just go home. He said, hmm, what's so special about this suit? That is, what is the reason why it's locked away? And when he figured out what, he, what it was, he wanted to return it back to his place and got literally hemmed up, got caught up, got caught in a moment of trying to do once again put something back where it belongs. Yeah. So I see it two ways though. All right. I see it as all right, there's that ancient path that's already been, you know, 
laid before you. So like you said, reserve, that might've been his reserve. That might've been his portion that was dropped from heaven or whatever. And you know, you just got like, you know, you got a one half of a millionth of what heaven had for you. So he got that portion of it and it scared him. Mm-hmm. That's how that's how we are. Mm-hmm. We get, like everybody like, oh, you know, this prophecy and all our planting, that stuff is scary. Planting and starting up and writing books. Nina T, you know, y'all, she write books. And that, that's scary. Now and you then you want to put it back down. I am going to tell your business today. Now. And you put it down. But then you're so curious to see, well, if I keep going, how will it be? What's yeah. the outcome of it? Yeah. So though he was afraid, there was still a portion of him that was like, hmm, if I continue to do it. Although it was this thing in his head about his daughter. Yeah. yeah, how could life be with my daughter? Yeah, yeah. I think I think the connection was the daughter. If Pim had never said to him, you know, and the same line that his child's mother said, be the man or be the person she already thinks you are. If yeah. he had never heard it a second time around, then one, he wouldn't have known he was being watched. Yeah. He wouldn't have known that this was a moment moment and an opportunity that was set up for him. Everything that had to do with that robbery was set up. And I feel like God does the same thing for us is that while we see even our shortcomings, even our mistakes and our misfalls and our missteps, I feel like God has even arranged the effects of those things to work in a positive um, moment to push us into purpose. And what we find out is that it wasn't until he made the misstep or what we would call a misstep um, of going back into a life of uh, criminal activity. It wasn't until he decided to do that, that he actually found that there was something else that he could be using those skills for. And I think sometimes, you know, in moving forward, we just want, when we say old things are passed away, all things become new. In our mind, that means that there is nothing good from the old life. But the truth of the matter is, is that there was something invested in you before the mistake and the fall and all of those things that will profit you in purpose, no matter what your mistakes are. For instance, for Janine, Nina T, whoever you want to call me, um... I made, t- uh, and this is not like boasting in my disobedience. This is just telling me honest truth. Um, God, I knew, and I was told from a very young age that I was going to be a preacher. Um, and even in my teenage years, I told them, absolutely not. You're lying. You didn't hear from God. No, I'm not doing that. And then I said, well, fine, I'm going to do all of the things I know preachers aren't supposed to do so that if I do those things, then he'll be like, Never mind, I'm good on her. I'm going to go ahead and pick somebody else. That was my teenage dumb mind. Foolery. Foolery and dumb. And and all I did was literally had the resume of God's faithfulness. Literally. All I did in going the direction that I went, all I did was say, God can deliver you out of this much. <laughs> it used to be this much, but now it's this much. Now, now it's now it's a gigantic hole that I dug for myself, but God still dug me out of it. God still put me out of it. There was no length that he was too long. There was no depth too deep. And literally, there was even no height that was off limits. Like, I feel like that's the other thing that we gotta acknowledge is that um while he in his mind is trying to figure out does he deserve a second chance it didn't matter if you deserve it or not it's being offered to you it's being offered to you do you believe you 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 made a mistake yes you did the wrong thing yes should you probably be punished sure and you can go and live that life beating yourself up or you can take the opportunity like he says in the movie, to redeem yourself. Redemption means I bring back worth and value to the thing. It doesn't mean um, that I have to uh, wait on somebody else to stamp me, but it does mean that when I when God brings me out of something, if he's redeeming me, it means he's bringing me back to my original value. I don't have to work for his love 
as much as I did before I, I feel like I lost it. Because I think sometimes we think sin makes us lose our identity. That's dumb. That's dumb. It doesn't make sense. It, make, it makes it seem like if I fall on the floor, I'm no longer a son. That's dumb. It's dumb. Stop thinking. Stop thinking that. That's all. It's late. It's played. The truth is, is that God loves me as much as he does when I make a mistake as he does when I'm doing my best. His love is that constant. It is on us to, to rise into that love and to what he's called us to be. It is not on him to, to literally force us into purpose. It's on us to step into it, to make the decision. He, he literally says, you can go back to um, your jail cell or you can go and live your life the way you've been living it, go back to doing whatever you want to do, or you can go to your jail cell for a few seconds and follow the instructions. When he saw that suit for the second time, this time because he knew the stakes, he was like, Stop playing with myself. Let me, let me stop. Let me stop. The second time around. The set. Oh Lord, a little. He was. A, he was about his father's business then. A little. Y'all had to be at the anniversary to get it. If you if you weren't there, go on and watch it from from PJ Page. Okay, Justin Ruffin. Okay, it was the anniversary weekend of the twenty fourth, twenty second, twenty twenty first, twenty second. But I believe it was that Friday night that that Apostle Jelani wore that my father's business scripture out. You understand me? About doing things the second time around. Because when you when you come to a place where you had to be redeemed and it is literally, you saw the mistake you made, you saw the falling you had, and you are redeemed to the spot and you get to choose again, you're not playing. You're not playing. Most of the time, when you have been redeemed, you have nothing to lose. Literally. It's like, I'm I'm not playing with y'all. I don't have time. I don't have time. I don't have time. I wasted a lot of time being dumb. And because he gave me a second chance, this second chance is about to be on a million. I'm not playing. I'm not playing with y'all. So I think that was what he decided when he put on the suit. He was like, I could live the way I have been living, but that's gotten me nowhere. Let's just see where this takes him. Let's see where the suit takes him. And the suit takes him into technically not only helping Dr. Pym and not only helping Hope, but into helping him and his daughter get the connection that they needed re refilled or re redeemed back to where it was. Um, before we go on break, I want to talk for a little bit um, about my, my girl Hope. Um, and I got to talk about Hope because Hope is like a lot of a lot of people. Um, some of them may be deemed as, I guess you can say, Pharisees. <laughs> because in the beginning, Hope wanted to be able to help her father. But more than that, he wanted to be the one that filled the suit. He wanted to be the one to go in. She wanted to be, she was like, literally like, we don't need him. He's a criminal. We can't trust him. And she was so busy trying to prove that she was it, that she did not see why she couldn't be it. because and this is going to be a very transparent moment and I want to let you guys know I honor and respect my parents although the Bible says honor thy mother and thy father although they will forsake you okay but I still honor them this what because I found good why because I why because I said something about scripture leave me alone Nina <laughs> my father y'all is um he's a business owner 
and I watched him do business since maybe a very young age, okay? And when I got older, I was like, hey, I want to come out and go to work with you. He was like, no, he would take my brother and my cousin. But they were very lazy, okay? They were lazy. I'm sorry, you guys. I have to pause for a moment. They were very lazy individuals. Me, I just want to learn a trade. When they got older, same thing. Now, they've gotten older. They're men now, and they understand the importance of working. But he will bring everybody in to be a part of this operation, and it will still be somewhere along the lines that it's a it's a hole there, or there's an end that's not tied. And I seen that, and I felt like hope in that. Like hope seeing all the weak, weak spots and things of that nature. And I understand that sometimes in male-dominant fields, you know, men or fathers, they want to be protective and be like, you know, this is, you know, those are the wolves out there. But I'm here to let y'all know that it's women, aka myself, along with others, that are able to work in these industries and dominate and change the narrative of women working in men male-dominated fields or being in dangerous situations. Like, I definitely felt hope. I see what you're saying about her story, like the father's story of being like, okay, I'm protecting her. But sometimes y'all gotta let us go out there and learn. Because if we never learn anything, we're gonna be oblivious to everything. So yeah, I took that real personal with hope there because I helped my father run his operations now, guys. And it was like, do you know how much further ahead that you could have been if you had a, if, I mean, y'all, I dedicated like six years of my life working at a, building up a store, like a company, another company, 13 different organizations, all in the same umbrella, of course, when I could have been doing that with my father, he could have been another fortunate 500 company instead of trying to get it now. Now, yes, this is the second time around. I know this seems like a vintage session, guys, but hey, it's okay. It's the second time around, and hopefully he's getting it. But what if he just had it been about his father's business the first time I'm around, y'all? So, I want to point out two things in what you, two things because you know what? I got because because you, you know fathers the relationship of fathers and daughters are different than fathers and sons. It's different because, for instance, I have and I've learned this with my stepdad a lot you know y'all if y'all listen to our um our uh podcast episode when we did uh galaxy guards of the galaxy 2 um you know me and my stepdad are really really close um and we we literally um do a lot together talk about a lot um and share a lot however when it comes to putting the foot on the neck that's normally for the for my brothers my brothers get the foot put on their neck and I think sometimes like you said fathers protective being protective over their daughters is because they don't want to lose them it's like literally I don't want you to lose um your ability to be you in trying to do something for me. Like you said, we could have been working together and building this up, but sometimes the the fathers see more of their losses than they see their victories. And they don't want to bring, literally most of the time, they don't want to bring someone they love into you know, not to say he don't love his brothers, but <laughs> but there's a special bond between fathers and daughters. It's special, and and it's different. It, it is. It's different. It's very different. In the case of Hope, her eyesight was where I'm screaming. The, in in the case of Hope, that her eyesight was kind of like yours. Why don't you just let me do it? Because I know I can do it. And he said, I would rather for this job, for this job, I would rather have someone who's expendable, not somebody who I could lose, not someone who could be caught up and lose their self 
in this. I'd rather have somebody who I know won't lose their self in it. That's what happened with Hope. Is what Hope didn't understand that his way of saying no to her was his love for her because she didn't know that she had lost her mother in the way she had lost her mother because he had kept that part from her. And this is why parents need to have uncomfortable conversations so they clear understanding and still allow me to choose. True. Now you do notice at the end, I think sometimes we want things to happen when we want them to happen and not when they're purpose to happen. Because it wasn't that she wasn't going to fill a suit. It just wasn't this move. Huh? Because we got Ant-Man and the Waltz coming up next season. Don't tell the story. I have not watched it. Either. I didn't think you. I'm just... At the end of the movie, in the end of this movie, he said, uh, he said, we, me and your mother were building this next generation suit. That's what he said at the in the credits. In the credits. He says, me and your mother were building this, this next generation suit. And we now, and I, now I realize we were building it for you. Now, mm-hmm. again, it could have been that she would have been in this, uh, this been the ant woman and not waiting to the next place. And if she had been put as the authority in this mission, there was a possibility because of how he was, he was trapped because of how that there had to be a, a special skills that he gained. Um, there would have been anything that she wasn't prepared for that she could have been lost in. And he was like, I'd rather take the risk for this job with someone I know. If they lose, they know the, they know the gamble. I'm not losing my daughter. It's different. See, again, it's not that it's never gonna happen, it just didn't happen when you wanted it. It did. It's not that it didn't happen. It just didn't happen when you wanted it. And you have to be willing to say, if it's no now, man, what, Lord, leave me alone, please, about this job. If it's no now, then this may be the direction still of my yes, or my yes may be coming in a different direction. But I can't stay here mourning the no. And all of all of her actions in the beginning were mourning that he kept telling her no, instead of playing her part as a valuable um, asset. She was proving why she was not mature enough for this job just yet. So she had to take a step back. She had to take a step back and realize, oh snap, he doesn't want to lose me. Oh snap, he doesn't. He doesn't want this job to take me out. He's trying to protect me. And when she realized that, it was like, well, let me go ahead and play this position because if I make sure this goes well, then I can continue to advocate for my next. It could be true that, (laughs) it could be true that he didn't want her to engage in this at all but the truth of the matter is it does not matter what they want initially it does not matter what they want because he did not want her apart at all but by the end of the movie he realized he said well he said I realize I can't do this without her it's interesting real quick it just turned left it's interesting that he did not say I don't want her to be a part he said I don't want her in this position and I think that sometimes is the trouble is that Hope wanted the position but she forgot she was a part she was still a part and still a part (laughs) and still a part and so at the end of the day, it may not be, it wasn't for her to have Ant-Man's position. It was for her to find her own. Come on, power over poverty. Huh? <laughs> because it wasn't for you to, to fill his shoes. It was for to fill your own. The cat said so. Huh? Gonna say it? Where? 
Pwede. If if you had filled that space, would you would you have the tag? You're childish, Nina. I wanna because you got a lot of things for you. He sure did. So, Lord, today, since I publicly made the comment, I publicly ask for your forgiveness for not seeing your plan as it concerns my life. That's how most Christians, that's how I, I, and and me too, uh, ditto on that OG. Because (laughs) I found out, (laughs) and y'all know I I call God the OG. Um, Literally, I was mourning over position. Oh my God. Here we go. Mourning <laughs> over position. And God is like, it's just kid like faith and come over here and sit down. Okay? Come over here and wait on me. Come over here and wait on me. You don't know what's next. I know what's next. You don't know what's about to happen. I know what's about to happen. You don't know where you're about to be in six months. I know where you're about to be in six months. Yeah. Because I know the end. Most of us do not acknowledge when the father pushes us away from something that we like. It's often to give us something that we need. And and technically that we eventually like. We may not like it at first, but we grow to love it. We grow to love because I didn't like preaching at first. Okay, didn't. And then still still a little bit apprehensive about teaching. <laughs> still a little bit apprehensive about writing. It, it is what it is. But they're gifts. And if you told me I couldn't write anymore, I'd probably be like, wait, well, what am I going to do? What, what, you told me that I don't, I don't want to say, you don't want me to, you want me to say no more, Lord? Okay, well, what you want me to do at this point? <laughs> because you gave me this life. Don't you want me to leave? Because I didn't like it before, but now, because it is my lane, and I am in my lane, I don't, I don't see life outside of it, period. Outside of this position. And this position is inclusive of being in the will of God. Being, let me rephrase, being within the will of the Father. Because in this context, God is the Father and we are hope. And most of us have hope. <laughs> that we will be in a different position. Well, why don't you just put me there? And if you just put me at the table, Lord, I, I promise I'm going to make sure we eat. If you just put me in the door, and I'm going to promise I'm going to bust through. And God is like, forget the door. What about me? <laughs> what about loving me enough that when you get to the door, you won't be compromised by what's on the other side? I'm trying to get you to be the character or to work your character. Oh, yes, Lord. That's what it was. Because Hope's character, that envious spirit had to be worked out. And she had to see the love more than she saw the fact that it wasn't her turn. I'm learning to stop looking at everybody. Facebook, social media is the biggest trap for comparison. Because the more you scroll, and waste time looking at what other people acquire and become, the less time you spend becoming. <laughs> Literally. So, I hey, what's that? I concur. And, but as daughters, we don't have temper tantrums. I had a, a friend of mine that uh, posted, is it not a temper tantrum? Girl, I had a whole entire temper tantrum. Um, and I saw one of my friends on Facebook say, that she had like a temper tantrum as well. Like she was talking to the Lord, why can't be mature, right? You know, saying all of this stuff. Yeah. And the Lord responded with mantles for the mature. And I was like, ooh, oh, yeah, throw. Yeah. You had to hit us like that, Lord. Because when she, when she exposed the result of her temper tantrum, I felt like the Lord was kind of like, remember when you had that temper tantrum last week? <laughs> and remember, remember when, remember, remember when you was crying out loud and you wouldn't give me a minute to talk to you back? Remember when you had tried to put the music on 
to ignore that you was feeling what you was feeling. Remember, this is this is what I want to talk about now. I want to talk to you about unconditional love now. I want to talk to you about what no conditions looks like so that you can model that. And I was like, oh, that's stinking. That's a mess. I hate it. I don't want to do this, Lord. Well, that's how you get to what you asked me for. Because you can't ask me for the position without asking me how to do the process. Every position has a process, period. How did we get out here, Alicia? OG. Um, <laughs> but the truth be told is once she stopped trying to prove that she was the one, she actually became the the really the asset um that she was supposed to be um as an inside worker. Um now I love this little mini scene that seems like it's like forgettable, um, because his first mission was to get the prototype. Yeah. And while he shows up at what he thinks is an abandoned building, it's actually the home of the Avengers. And on the roof is the Falcon. Okay. And he's like, he doesn't see me. Don't worry, guys. And he's like, I see you. And I was like, okay, this is a nice movie. It's only an hour because we're an hour in and Scott about to get caught again. Like, what is happening? But what I learned in that whole scene was Scott finding the grace to be small. Yeah. Because when you are small, and I won't, I won't say small in the way that we're thinking. Small mm-hmm. symbolizes humility. Yeah. When he decided to to literally go and go and and go and shrink himself he found that he had a power and and it was something that was shared with him in training um that when he was the size of an ant he had the power of the ant yeah to be able to lift a thousand pounds or two thousand pounds to be able to punch somebody and that punch could even mean a tap okay (laughs) It could either mean a tap or it could mean that, you know, that person was knocked off their socks, even though he was the size of an ant. And the blessing of being small or being humble or being in a place where you you ain't subscribed to your own issue, hello? Mm -hmm. Um, But being one that you know, you know, the power behind it is when you maintain your surrender to God and you maintain that humility, you stick to the mission. And the mission will always be, I've got to retrieve what I've got to retrieve. My father sent me this mission. I got to do what the father said. So even though he was beating up the Falcon and we didn't see him pick up the prototype, it didn't mean he didn't get it. And while him is fussing and complaining, you compromised the whole thing. You, I mean, going off. Until he put that prototype on that table, like, but I did what I was supposed to do. Period. He said, like, he said that's not, let's not dwell in the past. What, what we doing? It was, it was literally like what I envisioned Jesus did when Mary and Joseph came to the temple, and Mary was like, "We've been looking all over for you. Why are you troubling us?" And like, but did you know I was gonna be here doing my father's business? Mm-hmm. Or no? Did you? Why were you looking for me? Did, did you not know I was gonna be here? Like. I'm doing my dad's business stuff. I'm a whole man out here. What are we doing? I'm all, we we done did bar mitzvah. It's bar mitzvah season. Why are you looking for me like I'm a five-year-old? What, I'm grown. Don't start. Period. Um, so yeah, like, but the image of or the perspective of being cute or being humble and being so submitted to God means that. There are sometimes you're going to be in rooms and people are not going to see you coming. They are not going to expect that you are going to be the one with the answer. They're not going to expect that you are going to be the one with the genius creativity. You are going to be the one with the solution to their problem. You are going to be the one um, to be able to pull them out of their pit. But it doesn't mean you aren't. It just means they ain't see you. That's a lot. What it means. You said a lot in a little bit. That's a lot. 
the law said it. I'm just saying, talk to But yeah, the, the goal is to stay low. The goal is to stay low and not low as in have people step on you um, or have people, you know, to, to be weak or be somebody's footstool. That's not that's not what we talk about. But being humil- uh being humble. Why do I keep doing that? Being humble means that I have a power that I know. I know what happens when it's unleashed. I know what happens when I step into my grace, but it's submitted in the right area. It's submitted to the Father's use. I won't use it without his permission. I'll step into it when he says. I'll step up when he says. I'll enlarge myself when he says enlarge myself. I'll shrink myself when he says shrink myself. Because I'm not working on my own. I'm not working for my own, (laughs) uh, for my own prosperity or my own um, popularity. It's for him. This is his mission. This has nothing to do. I didn't sign me up for this, he did. Hello? This not the big stuff. Stop signing yourself up other than putting on that suit. He ain't had no plans of genius. He ain't had no creativity in his mind. All he did was fill the suit. And some of us, unfortunately, we got nine armor bearers and and no like why? Like why you got nine armor bearers? You are one person. <laughs> one person. You are one one individual and you don't know nine scriptures so why do you have nine armor bearers but that's me being on it no shade no shade to nobody <laughs> no shade to nobody it's the truth though it's the truth and the truth helps if you let it but the truth is it re- regardless of what you think regardless of what you think the posture of of being humble gets you indoors that people like what even getting I I stayed in in my in my father's face. And my father told me what the mission was and I showed up. Period. I didn't show up here without the father giving me the the uh, the heads up. Mm-hmm. You got any other um nuggets? No, I feel like the movie the whole movie was just about redemption. It was definitely about redemption and it was about the lengths, oh Lord, what the what the lengths of a father, the, the lengths of the father. So while Pim made sure he did everything to protect his daughter, so did Scott. Scott did everything to make sure that his daughter was cared for. And when it came to the fact that they was he was caught. He, he had to bl- blast his way out of that little um, trap. He had to blast his way out. He had to uh, he had to keep enlarging himself and shrinking himself at will, literally at the will of the father. He had, he had to keep enlarging himself and shrinking himself. But he did all of that so his daughter would be protected, so his daughter could live in a safe. Uh, safe world and when it came to the part where they were trying to threaten or they were trying to hurt something they were trying to hurt his daughter because they knew there was nobody else on this earth that he would fight for there was nobody else on the earth even um uh cross said when he picked up his daughter he said um i know you are the thing he'll show up for period i mean my man had got shot was on his way to jail and yeah while he was in the car with the, the stepfather or such, step stepfather. With his mean self. With his mean self, being a cop, knowing the, the rules of the law, getting a little Pharisee in his heart too, okay? Knowing the rules but not knowing the heart or not trying to test the heart, but trying to test and judge people by what they were and what you perceive them to be. But yeah. the matter is, is that he had, even he had to see the lengths of which Scott would go in order to, to prove um, that he was for the betterment of his daughter. He was really trying to make the world better for his daughter. So if that meant take out a yellow jacket, that's what he was going to do. If that meant take out um, a, a Avenger, that was what he was going to do. Whatever he needed to do in order for him to make sure his daughter was good, he did that. 
Period. If a man break out of jail, that's what he had to do. <laughs> Isn't that what the Lord does when his favor ain't fair? Man, all right, don't stop me on this song again because I'm just saying that reckless love song is fact because I know that there's no shadow he won't light up, no mountain he won't climb up coming after me. I know, yeah. I know it for myself. Period. He's not a, a god or a father who is willing to just let his creation or his children just wander off into destruction, but he loves us enough to go the extra mile. And um, yeah, the, I think the last thing I'll say um, is that while the plane has some hiccups <laughs> um, and while all of this, this, all this stuff seemed extra for him to do, it wasn't extra in the mind of the father. Um, you may have said, he didn't have to do all of that. It, it was just too much. He put himself in, in harm's way so many times. He could have just did something that was safe for him. No, he couldn't have. because It wasn't about him. It was about his daughter. It's about his, his daughter. It was about his children, his child. Making sure his child was safe. And the father loves us so much. But it's on us to put on the suit of surrender. The suit of humility. The suit <laughs> of submission, really. It's literally about submission. Because this whole movie is 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 literally about redemption. But once you find redemption, once you find redemption, you also have to find submission. That was absolutely amazing. Thanks for coming on the journey with us. And I hope that you join us next week for some more fun. If you have never listened to Kid Like Faith before, wherever you happen to be listening, make sure that you like and subscribe to this podcast and share with a friend so that they can come along the journey with us as well. Oh, and please stop and leave a review so that other people know how much fun you had listening to this beautiful podcast. Now, we've got a bunch of movies in this universe to check out and I can't wait to check them out with you. So until next time, make sure you keep your faith kid-like. Bye!